Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Jake Neer. I'm sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. Stephen will be back on Monday. But in the meantime, we have an excellent show for you today. A little later on, we're going to talk with Scott Adams. He's a cartoonist and author. His most recent book is Win Bigly, Persuasion in a World Where Facts Don't Matter. He's also the creator of the Dilbert cartoon. That might be where you're most, you most recognize Scott. Uh, but it's a really fascinating book about his take on Donald Trump's rise in American politics in 2016. We've heard a lot of explanations about what caused that, uh, the sort of social aspects at play. But he's got a very different take um, than I've ever read, at least, on on what happened in the 2016 election. You don't want to miss that conversation. We're also going to speak with Mo Rocca, comedian and journalist. You probably know him as a frequent panelist on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh, I'll talk to him about his career and sort of what it's like to be a political comedian in 2016. It's a little different, I think, than when he started as a correspondent on The Daily Show. Uh, and so that's what is coming up. Remember, if you're just heading into work today or moving on with your day, you can hear today's full edition of Detroit Today on the Detroit Today podcast. You can download and subscribe on iTunes or wherever podcasts are available. First up today, yesterday, Republicans in Congress unveiled their proposal for tax reform. It would reduce the number of tax brackets. It would nearly double the standard deduction for individuals and married couples. And it phases out the federal estate tax, among many other things. Many Republicans hailed the plan as a great launching off point for conservatives to really overhaul our complex tax structure in America. Critics, though, say it would increase the federal deficit with no tangible plan to fill that gap. They have a lot of other criticisms as well that we will get to in this conversation. The question now, though, becomes, will there be consensus enough among Republicans to push an overhaul through Congress? We're going to talk with a couple of experts this morning with different perspectives on the economy and growth. And we want to hear from you. Please give us a call, 313-577-1019. How do you think this would affect you? Have you sort of done that back of the, nab- back of the table or the napkin? I, I, <laughs> I know what I use to, uh, to make sure that I don't have that little piece of uh, mustard on my mouth. Uh, but yeah, no, have you done that back of the napkin calculation. What would this mean for me? What would this mean for my family? Are you concerned? Do you have kids in college, multiple kids in college? How do you think that that might affect your uh, finances? Give us a call again, 313-577-1019. You can also leave us a comment on our Facebook page, or you can hashtag Detroit Today. First off, we want to bring in economist and professor from the University of Georgia, Jeffrey Dorfman. Uh, Jeffrey, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks. Happy to be with you. Yeah, and and you take a little more of a, I would say, conservative approach. We've had you a couple times on the show to talk about uh, macroeconomic uh, policy and sort of the way that our economy works from a more conservative perspective. I want to get your initial thoughts on what we saw from uh, the GOP with their tax proposal yesterday. Sure. I think there's more good than bad here. It's certainly not perfect. But they're making things simpler. A lot of people will be able to file their taxes on a 15-line postcard-sized form. Uh, They're getting the rates down, which is also good and should increase growth. But they didn't simplify things as much as they could have. There's still a couple of funny things going on that I think are going to make it not as 
beneficial as it could have been, but pretty good starting place. So uh, obviously, I think one of the biggest questions here about what this will mean going forward, obviously, this is just a starting point, but but seeing what we are right now, um, from the growth perspective, do you think that this has the potential to make up for that $1.5 trillion increase in the deficit that we're hearing uh, right now? Sure. Well, the, the key thing for boosting economic growth or the key parts of this tax reform package that would boost economic growth are lower marginal tax rates, both for people and for companies, uh, and some of the things like immediate expensing for investment that would really allow small businesses uh, to expand and create jobs. Those are the good things. The tax cut itself, the fact that we're going to end up paying less money on average and in total, boosts growth a little bit, but not much. Mm. So they could accomplish most of what they want to do in terms of increasing growth by changing rates and simplifying the tax code. They don't need to add $1.5 trillion to the deficit over the next 10 years to, to get more growth. Uh, so what, what would this mean in your estimation for everyday Americans? We, we saw a lot of numbers yesterday about what the GOP is saying the average uh, American and the average American family would save through this plan. But uh, what is your take on what uh, most families and most Americans can expect to see happen to them directly because, as a result of this? Sure. It looks like probably somewhere around 90% of American families are going to end up with more money. So we're going to pay less in taxes. We're going to have more take-home pay and be able to spend more money on things we want to do. There are going to be some people who pay more. Uh, This tax reform is not particularly favorable for people with a lot of kids Mm -hmm. or uh, people in high-tax states. If you live in New York, uh, California, and you have a lot of itemized deductions. And, and those are largely blue states, lose. we should also mention, too, that that plays into the political aspect of this as well. Definitely, although interestingly, um, while the blue states do seem to have more people that, that itemize and pay high state and local taxes, a lot of those taxes are actually paid in Republican districts within those blue states. And so there are quite a few... Republican congressmen that are getting grief over some of these changes from their constituents, and that's going to make getting a deal done harder. Mm. Uh, you're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. We're talking about the new GOP tax plan that was released yesterday in Congress. We're speaking with Jeffrey Dorfman, professor and economist from the University of Georgia. And uh, Jeffrey, I, I want to uh, talk a little bit um, about what this means for people in different tax brackets. You say that um, the people in ha- that are making higher uh, incomes, the people that are bringing in more money, uh, don't aren't going to see as much benefit as maybe you'd even like here. Uh, I want to uh, read this from the Tax Policy Center. Uh, it estimates, though, that by 2027, 80% of the plan's net tax cuts would go to the top 1% of Americans. Uh, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not sure if that also includes uh, the corporate tax breaks that are coming with this, but what is your take on what the Tax Policy Center is saying there? Sure, uh, I, I can clear up that one bit of confusion. It does include the corporate tax rate. There okay. is a huge debate going on among tax experts and economists right now over who gets the benefit of the corporate tax cut. So on the individual side, um, most people will get a tax cut, and a lot of that does go to higher-earning people 
because the top 10% of Americans are paying 70% of all the income tax. So it's very hard to do a cut that doesn't benefit uh, high-earning people. But then we get to the corporate tax cut. And some people say that almost all goes to rich people who either own a business or own stock in businesses. And other people say that a lot of that tax cut goes to workers in the form of higher wages. Well, do we have any historical precedents for that? Because we hear a whole lot now about the idea of of trickle-down economics really not being supported by what we've seen with tax breaks in the past, that we have not uh, seen the benefit going to workers or working-class people, that this this money has stayed with CEOs and people who are at the top of the ladder in these companies. What is your response to that? Yeah, it, it's interesting. So this is something that we economists have not agreed on the answer to. Um, first, we argue over how much goes to workers and how much goes to owners. And then within the money that goes to workers, are we excited if a lot of money goes to workers, but it goes to workers that are making half a million or a million dollars a year already? In other words, senior executives at big corporations. I mean, do we care if the CEO of Exxon gets this tax cut in a higher pay or shareholders, probably we consider those two things kind of the same. Um, mm. So we don't, we don't really know the answer. We've looked at historical evidence. Trickle-down does work in a lot of ways, but how much trickles down and how fast is an open question. Mm. Um, I want to get to the phones here really quick. Uh, Tom from Waterford, welcome to Detroit Today. After reviewing with you, uh, it just boils down to health care, and principally uh, health care has gone from uh, 4% of GDP to roughly around 16% from the 60s until now. And uh, so if you look at somebody who's making 60000 a year, the average health care premium is about $1,000 a month. And so that works out to about 15% of their income. If you, But basically what they're doing now is also they, uh, a lot of people like myself have what's called a health care savings account where you can contribute money uh, up to... Four thousand dollars a year for uh, people that are over, I believe, it's fifty-five. Uh, basically, that's uh, deductible, and so you don't pay taxes on it. And you can pay your deductibles, which I have a high deductible plan, so I have to pay everything up to ten thousand dollars a year, which uh, mm. include my premiums and and uh, my deductibles. And so until I get about ten thousand dollars, I'm paying out of pocket. So basically, what they're doing is this health savings account allows you to pay before tax money to uh, pay those deductibles and they're eliminating health savings accounts from this uh, out of the tax code basically yeah yeah Tom I really appreciate that comment thank you so much for calling in uh, Jeffrey Dorfman uh, what is your uh, what is your response for what this would mean for someone like Tom someone uh, who's concerned about how this would affect his health care and the out-of-pocket expenses well, I, I am desperately trying to Google and see. As far <laughs> as I know, there's nothing in this bill that changes health savings accounts. Okay. Health savings accounts are a Republican idea. I would be stunned if the Republican tax reform bill writers got rid of health savings accounts. So as far as I know, that's still in there, Tom, and you still can 
contribute money to a health savings account tax-free. Sure. And, and of course, there, there are many aspects of this bill that still need to be combed through. But yeah, that, that is something that uh, I know from covering the state legislature here in Michigan, tax, uh, that health savings account have been very popular with Republicans uh, in the past. So uh, point taken there, uh, Jeffrey Dorfman. Thank you, by the way, so much for, for joining us here on Detroit Today. Really appreciate your insight. Um, and uh, hopefully you'll come back again when we've had a little more time to talk a little bit more and, and, and learn more about what this uh, tax plan will mean and, and see sort of how it moves through Congress. Sure. Always happy to be with you guys. Uh, again, you are listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. And we're talking about this new tax plan released yesterday from Republicans in Congress. Uh, what would it mean for you? What would it mean for the country? Would we see a huge hole in the uh, deficit? Would we see more debt in this country as a result? Uh, and we also really want to hear from you. What would you, this mean for you and your family? What are your concerns? Uh, and do you need a tax break? Is this something that you feel uh, is a long time coming and something that uh, needs to happen so that you've got a little more money in your pocket? You can give us a call at 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. You can also leave us a comment on our Facebook page or use the hashtag Detroit Today on Twitter. And right now I want to bring another voice into this conversation. Alan Barber is Director of Domestic Policy at the Center for Economic and Policy Research. He's been looking a lot into this issue, and we really appreciate him coming on the show. Alan, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so you heard a little bit of what Jeffrey Dorfman had to say about this tax plan. You come at this from a little bit of a different perspective. You're a little more skeptical about what's in this uh, this this bill or these bills. What What is your initial reaction to what we heard yesterday from Republicans on Capitol Hill? Well, uh, I think one of the first things to consider here is that this is just a plan. It's the first step towards a tax bill. The, what the final form looks like, we can't be exactly sure yet, but we do have this plan to look at. And looking at this plan, you know, the president mentioned that he wants to have a tax bill signed by Christmas Day. And basically, this proposal looks like a huge Christmas gift to the ultra-rich and corporations. Yeah, you know, uh, for one thing, it sounds like there's a little disagreement on how you interpret that with this bill, that when it comes to the actual rates, uh, it, it seems like there are conservative economists like Jeffrey Dorfman who say, look, they don't get that big of a, of a break. Obviously, uh, you're factoring in uh, the corporate tax cuts that come along with this. Well, how do you sort of uh, react to the idea that some people are saying this isn't really that big of a giveaway to the rich? Right. Uh, Dr. Dorfman was right that there is a mix in uh, the 80% that goes to the top 1% between the corporate rates and the individual tax rates. But one way that the corporate rate wasn't discussed is there's a provision that would allow for uh, for pass-through corporations, S-corps, uh, basically these are personal service firms like law firms or lobbyist firms or some real estate firms. Uh, right now, principals at firms like that, their income is taxed as normal income. Under this new tax plan, the rate would change, actually, and that rate would be slashed from the current uh, top maximum rate to just 20%. Mm. And, and, and of course, another thing that, that uh, Professor Dorfman said was that, in his opinion, uh, if this is uh, a form of trickle-down economics, that in some cases trickle-down economics works. Uh, what, what do you think of that? I mean, have we seen anything, in your um, opinion, in the past that would suggest 
when you give big tax breaks to corporations, when you give tax breaks to the wealthiest Americans, that this does somehow end up in the pockets of everyday Amer- Americans further down the tax bracket? Well, you can look at uh, you can just look at the data to see that there isn't a lot of evidence for that. For instance, if you look from 1950 to 2015, you'll see that there's no real correlation between increases in corporate profits and investment, which would trickle down to work to your typical average American. Sure, and 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 so in this case, let's talk a little bit about what you think will be the net effect for everyday Americans. What do you think will be the big... Obviously, there's we've seen a lot of numbers, again, uh, on CNN sort of flashing in front of people. This is the tax break you would get. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was it was over uh, $1,200 or more than that as the, the average that the GOP was putting out there. I mean, that's sort of an enticing thing for most Americans, I think, right? If, if, if we put more... If we put over a grand in your pocket, you know, there's a good chance you'll probably spend it. What is... Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about the way this is sort of... Uh, being uh, put out there to the public. Well, you know, there there is some truth in that. There is there will be an initial decrease in taxes for a lot of people. I myself, I'm going to see my tax rate fall by a good three percent. Uh, and there is the point that there that uh, there will be an additional one thousand. I believe it's one thousand one hundred and twenty-seven is the latest number that they, that's being touted for uh, for most American households. The problem there is that the provisions that lead to those savings for households, they sunset over the next five years. So if you look down the road in 10 years, actually 47 million people will be paying more in taxes than hmm. they do today. So and I think that's something worth noting. Yeah, and, and, and there's also other factors, of course, about how this... Uh, we heard a great piece on NPR this morning about what this would mean for the housing market and. What do right. I mean for housing values, especially in, again, we come back to people being affected in blue states, uh, you know, that, that it seems like uh, those are uh, areas, especially wealthy states, I think that tend to be in that category, um, that people would see uh, possible reductions in some of their most valuable assets as well. Right. Well, um, if you want to talk uh, about housing, uh, the housing market, we could talk uh, about, uh, for instance, the mortgage interest reduction. Uh, deduction. Uh, it looks like now that's going to be reduced to about five hundred thousand dollars. And while it will impact some people in the wealthier states, uh, for the most part, most Americans don't live in homes or and aren't buying homes that cost more than uh, half a million dollars. So sure. at the end of the day, it's not going to affect the vast majority of Americans. Uh, but if you are looking, if you're in the market for a house that costs say seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, you will be prepared to not be able to write off quite as much this time around. Sure, sure. Um, so you are listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm speaking with Alan Barber, Director of Domestic Policy at the Center for Economic and Policy Research. We're talking about the new tax plan that's been released uh, this week by the GOP. Just yesterday, we saw the specifics of what Republicans on Capitol Hill are proposing. Uh, and we want to hear from you. What do you think this would mean for you? What are your concerns? What do you like about what you're hearing about this uh, proposal so far? And 
Do you need a tax break? Do you think that you could use that extra money in your pocket right now uh, to get some of your finances in order or, or buy something that you've been wanting to buy for a long time and, and put that money back into the economy? Uh, the best number to call is 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or hashtag Detroit Today. And I uh, want to go to the phones here. Fred in St. Clair Shores, you're on Detroit Today. Welcome. Fred, where are you? Bit of a choking <laughs> sensation here. Yeah, hi, Fred. What, what's your what's your comment? I, I, I was uh, the your previous guest explained the uh, amount of taxes that the uh, uh, the seventy percent of the taxes by the individuals who will benefit most from this tax uh, plan. What percentage of the wealth of this country do those seventy percent tax contributors own? I mean, if they own 70% of the wealth, shouldn't they be paying 70% of the taxes? Hmm. Sure, Fred, I, I appreciate that comment. Alan Barber, uh, what, what, what do you think about what Fred is saying there? Uh, I think... I, I... That's an interesting question, Fred, and uh, I think uh, you, you were mentioning. I think you're referring to uh, the fact that eighty. I think it's eighty percent of the tax breaks will go to uh, the top one percent. Is that the number that you're talking about, or no? I don't. I, I'm not sure, but I think we. Uh, I think he's off the line at this point. Okay. Uh, well, uh, yeah. There, there's, if you're talking about the tax burden for the wealthy, you know. Um, Historically, when we've seen the greatest amounts of growth in the country, the very wealthy have paid have paid the most in taxes. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, if you go back to the era when we had a lot of growth after World War II, the wealthy were paying tax rates of 70, 80 percent, and the economy was humming along, and jobs were being created left and right. Uh, so, if we're talking, if we're thinking about tax burdens for the wealthy. I think our current rates aren't that much of a burden on them, and to Fred's point, since they make the most, there's no problem with them paying more in taxes. Mm. Well, again, thank you, Fred, for that call. We really appreciate it. I want to go to Frank in Lincoln Park. Frank, you're on Detroit Today. Thanks, Jake, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you What do you have you to know, say? I've, I've run this uh, uh, these proposals through my tax software, and... Uh, you know, taking out the deductions that I'll lose and uh, those sorts of things. It's going to result in about $750 for my household mm. uh, for next year if uh, what I see is enacted. You know what? I don't need $750. You know mm. what I need? I need my roads fixed. I need bridges repaired. I want the environment protected. I want senior citizens to be fed. And I want health care for children. I don't need $750. Those are the things that I want. Uh, and frankly, this is just another trickle-down scheme. Um, and I'll tell you the biggest threat to our democracy by this program is the loss of the estate tax. Uh, we're just allowing uh, an oligarchy to be formed right here in this country with the super-rich uh, gaining more power, more money. Yeah, That's Fra- my comment. Thanks, Frank, Frank, I really appreciate the call. Thank you so much for calling up. And uh, Alan Barber, you know, Frank gets into that uh, discussion. It's a big aspect of this about 
phasing out the estate tax. Uh, this is something again, I, I, you know, I was uh, that we didn't get to with Jeffrey Dorfman, but when he's talking about uh, the, uh, the the wealthiest Americans really not getting such a big benefit from this, it seems like that is one of the things that so many people are pointing to and saying, "Well, look, this is this is a pretty major benefit for for the wealthiest Americans." Right, and it's a very small uh, it's a very small percentage of Americans. It's about. 0.2% of Americans that take advantage that are able to take advantage of this, but uh, they're the only folks with estates big enough to be taxed with it. Sure. The interesting thing about this tax bill is, for the next couple of years, they're uh, they they they're they're, uh, they're they, I'm sorry, excuse me. For the next couple of years, the the estate tax for them will be doubled for two for the next couple of years, and then it will be abolished altogether. Yeah, so the, they're going to get even bigger savings in the short term. In the short term, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and uh, I just wanted to speak really quickly on one other point that sure. Frank made. Uh, you know, there are going to be another number of du- deductions that are going to go away. Uh, deductions for, say, uh, student loans and continu- continuing education will go away. The mm-hmm. deductions for people who have very high medical expenses, that's going to go away. And in the grand scheme of things, deductions like that will impact your typical American. At the same time, there's massive tax cuts being made for the wealthy corporations. And Frank made a point that... He wants to see roads fixed. He wants to see health care for more people. If the government isn't bringing in revenue via taxes, which is going to be the case here, if the deficit is growing, which is going to be the case here, in 10 years we'll have a deficit of $1.51 trillion, mm-hmm. then we don't have the money to pay for things like infrastructure, for social services to and to take care of our elderly, for things like Medicare, Medicaid, to take care of the those who can't afford to take care of themselves. Sure. Yeah. Alan Barber, I really appreciate that that comment. It's something that goes right into something we talked about earlier this week about here in Michigan, keeping up our infrastructure, especially the underground infrastructure that we don't see every day. It's something that uh, we talk a lot about here in this area. Again, I want to thank you, uh, Alan Barber, Director of Domestic Policy for the Center of Economic Center for Economic Re- and Policy Research. Uh, really appreciate you coming on Detroit today. Thanks for having me on, Jake. Yeah. Take care. All right. Well, coming up, we are going to talk with Mo Rocca, comedian and journalist. You don't want to miss that. Don't go anywhere.